0: From the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: Second hour is here, Monday edition, 6th and Peabody, our location, broadcasting live each and every day from downtown Nashville. Crew is all here hitting the headlines. We've got a discussion coming up on the NFL as our attention moves to the AFC East. We'll take a look at the Bills and Dolphins today. A bit later, we'll ask which returning starter or a quarterback who has started elsewhere that's now pegged to start in the SEC, a returning starter to college football, has uh, the most likely chance of being replaced early in the season. We'll give our thoughts on those SEC quarterbacks coming up.
1: We love when people just peek in and wave and say hello to us here at our 6th and Peabody studio. There is one gentleman that, since before the show started today, has probably looked in here and tried to get our attention four or five different times. And every time, I I wave at him, and he keeps on going. So much so that I'm very curious. During a break, I'm going to have to go find this guy. He's been here for about two hours and, and find out what exactly is going on. He's a curious man. Well, he, it's, it's like he knows, knows us. He's looking at us with great familiarity and like doing some sort of sign language to us about something. And no, it's not the middle finger salute, but he's <laughs> saying something like we should know what he's saying. And last time he was pointing to his hat, and I could not say what his hat, I could not read what his hat was saying, and then he took off. So I'm going to figure this out. Maybe, Maybe he's a Braves, Braves fan. I'll get to the bottom Maybe of it. Maybe
2: he's a Braves fan. Um, the Texans and Seahawks have some competition, gentlemen if they're wanting to uh, have the number one overall pick for a quarterback. And maybe this team doesn't go quarterback next year. But, man, it's been, it's been a terrible camp for the Chicago Bears.
0: I told you. That the early returns were terrible, and they've just kept going.
2: Well, now it's, it's injuries. Um, Roquan Smith, uh, Rappaport reports that Roquan Smith is not participating in training camp because of his contract situation. You have uh, offensive coordinator uh, Luke Getzey. Saying to reporters, we're still a ways away for a lot of positions, to be honest with you. And that's one of them talking about the the offensive line, where he's not happy with their offensive line. Tevin Jenkins, their tackle, has missed several practices at right tackle. Um, five straight as of last week, and that probably went on, although I haven't seen an update on his status. They also have a guard, uh, Lucas Patrick, who's been banged up. It is... Not it's not good for Chicago. on On top of that, they have uh, you know they've had arrests. They had um, what three arrests, I believe. this This summer, their wide receiver Moore was arrested. They had linebacker Matt Matt Adams arrested for a gun possession, and then uh, their new receiver Pringle from Kansas City as well. It's
0: just one of those teams that can't clean itself up.
2: Yeah. And then just keep waiting. There'll be something else there.
1: It's always, it's not
2: fickle that
1: a quarterback doesn't make it, but sometimes it is. Like I think about Justin Fields, who I like coming out of the draft, and you want to go as high as possible, but you also want to get in the right spot. But what really matters is getting in the right spot if you're a quarterback where your career can flourish. It's on the quarterback also, absolutely. I'm not sitting here claiming that, You're just a victim of circumstance wherever you go, and it's all about where you're drafted. But in some cases, when you fail, it can be all about where you're drafted. And this looks like a failing proposition right now for Justin Fields and the Bears. They've done nothing to help him. They are in disarray right now. Unless they show me something completely unexpected, Justin Fields is going to be a backup in the NFL very quickly, and it may be in large part because he was dealt an awful hand by the franchise that drafted him.
2: Well, I mean, consider four years ago, it, it, it was a nail in the coffin for you if you were anywhere close to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. And Joe Burrow, you know, it was, it was talked about, where, would he rather be Cincinnati or Jacksonville? Like where, where? And Cincinnati ends up with the pick. He's, he's ending up playing for Cincinnati instead of a, another organization. And what did Cincinnati do? They, instead of drafting left tackle, in his second year, they went and drafted Jamar Chase. His college teammate, too. And they went on a tear. And on top of that, they they brought in T. Higgins, late uh, second or third round pick, right? And then um, uh, on top of that, now they've stacked offensive line in the mix. And they, they've gone through the free agent uh, market to – revamp the right side of their offensive line. So they've done it in stages to where they've allowed their quarterback to grow and flourish. Trevor Lawrence is a good example now of what they've done this offseason. You may not agree with what Jacksonville did, but they did it with everything in mind for Trevor Lawrence. And compare Trevor Lawrence going into year two when he gets a year one pass to Justin Fields, who's, you know, in, in many respects, in the same setting, same type of situation as Lawrence, new head coach, and now trying to make it work, but didn't have the offseason from his organization that Jacksonville at least showed.
0: It's interesting if you look at the offensive line at the top of last year's draft, right? Sewell was a debate. He Mm -hmm. went seven to Detroit. I think he's quite good. Slater at 13, excellent to the Chargers. 17, Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders, I think is iffy at this point, right? Yep. Christian Derrissaw, 23rd to Minnesota. Uh, I don't know. I think he's trending well. But then you get to Tevin Jenkins, who was rumored that the Titans were interested in him at 39. Not going well in Chicago. Dylan Raiden's at 53 to Titans. Not going very well. No. no. Uh, right now, he just he's competing with this year's third rounder, Nicholas petit Frere, who looks better to me since he's taken over. And we're going to see what happens there. But, I mean, if you didn't get Sewell or Slater... There, there's a guard in the mix there too that I'm I'm forgetting about, but I'm talking primarily t- uh, tackle. Elijah Vera Tucker was a, a guard for the Jets, and I think he's looked that well mm-hmm. at 14. That was not a top-heavy offensive line draft. If you didn't get your guy right out of the gate, you, you didn't get any guarantee. Remember when it used to be a guarantee if you got an offensive lineman in the first two rounds? It was games changed. Yeah,
2: I mean, it was you, a safe pick.
1: Yeah, yeah right. Well, I and mean, you mentioned Joe Burrow, and you know the talk about Cincinnati with him and. I remember the discussion leading up to the draft was, Joe Burrow might actually be okay with Cincinnati because he's from Athens, Ohio, which is close by. But it's just funny thinking back now that, oh, he may actually want to play in Cincinnati because he's from around that area, and it may not be as big of a problem for him. I'd love to get to a place, it's kind of fun to look at now because you want the haves and have-nots to some extent. I'd love to get to a place, the NFL, where it's not just a disaster to get drafted by the Jags or Cincinnati, See, or increasingly becoming the Bears. Detroit or the Bears. In Chicago, Detroit. I feel like,
0: though, the fact that Cincinnati flipped it makes it less likely that one of those other teams flips it because it's like moving a mountain. So if what? one mountain moves, I think three other mountains are less likely to move. And the Jags, Detroit, Chicago, which has gone the wrong direction and can never find a quarterback, are less likely. One of them just did it. So the odds the other three do it are, are more against them to me.
1: Well, I understand having a preference. You know, if you're a kid getting drafted, hey, I'd like to go play in Miami, or I'd love to play for the Dallas Cowboys, or whatever, or a major media market team. somewhere. The Rams, the Giants, na- name the teams. I'd also, it would also be nice if it wasn't a. If I get drafted by this franchise, my career may be ruined by this franchise. That's not a good spot to be in. That is Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. That is big the, test the Detroit case. Lions. That was Cincinnati. Not so much now. And it can always flip. But offensively right now, that could be the Chicago Bears. Well, like Hut's
0: saying, the quarterback is the one it takes to flip it. Burrow flipped it. Trevor Lawrence could flip it. Justin Fields, as good as he was, isn't a Burrow or a Lawrence coming out. He needs some help.
2: Well, but they treated him like they traded up to draft him. Yeah, they did. And, and then... And they haven't surrounded him. After they traded up to draft... Before they traded up to draft him... They went ahead and announced Andy Dalton as their QB1. <laughs> yeah. Like it, the, the whole they, scenario. They botched stuff. And then they've got now they have a new GM and they, they and a have coach. a new head coach. And the offseason, sometimes you're just salary cap strapped, but the offseason they've had, does, you don't look at that and say, man, they, they are taking a step forward. They may take another step back and their thing is in more, year two with Fields. Wait for us. Because they've traded away talent on defense. They're trying to. You know, find some some bullets for the arsenal, but they haven't fired them yet. Like their they, ha- they is- haven't they haven't really gone all out, or in this case, all in with Fields. And meanwhile, he's probably going to take a beating in year two.
0: Yeah, and their thing is much more wait and let us develop this guy, as opposed to these other teams who are gathering yeah. resources, linemen and receivers around Hertz and Tua and and Wilson, and, and we've seen it happen multiple places. But fact of the matter is. Those other quarterbacks being surrounded might tank as badly as, as as Fields.
1: And the quarterback is big and flipping the fortune of a franchise, but it starts with ownership and GM Mindset. and coach and leadership. But just decision-making. I mean, get, stack some good drafts on top of each other. Let's hope for Detroit's sake this last draft, which looks good on paper, stacks up to be something even though they don't have the quarterback right now. That's going to be the long-term option. There are plenty of examples in the last 30 years of franchises that are that have great ownership, good leadership, that have stayed relevant and competitive, even in between franchise quarterbacks. The one that comes to mind, the Denver Broncos were in the desert between John Elway to Peyton Manning, yet they found a way in that time to stay competitive, to make For the, the playoffs, fun. with some good leadership, but it was never a... Boy, if I go to Denver, my career's over.
0: Yeah, they weren't a three-win
1: team. Yeah, you don't don't hit rock bottom because, Hutton, you brought it up with Pittsburgh. We believe in Pittsburgh because we believe in Kevin Sumlin and ownership and that franchise to make good, sound decisions that even without a quarterback, they're not going to be a disaster.
0: Yeah, I think the Bears fans can look at the Jets and the Eagles and the Dolphins and say, well, at least if they don't have their quarterback, they've got some ingredients around the next quarterback. And yeah. they look at themselves and say, "Well, if Fields isn't the guy. We're still at zero, or close to 0 I'd be pissed if I'm a Bears fan. Now you got a root like hell that you got the coach and the GM, like you're saying, but no reason for enthusiasm yet.
2: Defensive-minded coach now with Iberflus in Chicago. Uh, you know, you're right about Pittsburgh. He mentioned that last week in our preview. Like they just uh, Tomlin and crew, they do not bottom out. It's it's. A, they're going above 500. Look, I'll say that's the same. genetics.
0: That's healthy team genetics.
1: Yeah, it's easy to say with the dynasty led by Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but I think that the Bill Belichick, as long as he's there, and Robert Kraft, who's a great NFL owner, is there. Mac Jones may be just very average to below, and I feel like they're still going to be right in the mix for a playoff spot because of leadership, because of organization, because of good decision making. Around that. Are they going to be a Super Bowl team? No. Because I don't think you can do that without a star quarterback right now. So, I mean, that's, again, yes, it has a lot to do with a quarterback, but I don't want to make it so easy on these franchises to say, well, just draft a quarterback, and if he's great, he's going to lead you, and nothing else matters. It takes everything around them. The Bears are failing miserably at providing anything around Justin Fields.
0: No, and look, there have been some guys who probably might have been a better quarterback but for being drafted by the Browns or or the Bears or one of these crap teams that yeah. we've talked about, who could have been a significant notch better than they were, who we'll never know. And well, we presume we just, they are what they were because of where they landed. When, like you said, Chad, it's just they get screwed look, by where they landed.
1: We had Jay Cutler on last week. and I, asked him, I one of them. I asked him this exact question on air. If he isn't traded to the Bears – Here's a question for you guys. I get it. Aaron Rodgers is much better than Jay Cutler. But from a physical trait standpoint, there's not a big gap between Aaron Rodgers and Jay Cutler. Mentally, playing the game, probably a pretty big gap. But Aaron Rodgers also was drafted by a franchise that had a Hall of Fame quarterback there that he got to learn under, at least watch, handed the reins to a good team, and he's had a Hall of Fame career and he's been back-to-back MVP late in his career at this point. Jay Cutler said if Mike Shanahan's not fired, they had a top offense with him in Denver. He feels like that's where it started to go south. Then he gets traded to the Bears, and his career just sort of evaporates. I'm not claiming Jay Cutler would have been Aaron Rodgers, but if Jay Cutler was drafted by the Green Bay Packers to back up Brett Favre or to be in that same situation, does he have a much better career and win a lot more games? Heck yeah!
0: And then a guy comes in and trade not only trades him right, but trades him
1: to go with Tim Tebow, right?
2: Well, they 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 trade they brought in Kyle Orton, I believe. They tra- it was a yeah, straight right. swap. Kyle Orton players. came in
1: from the Bears. Yep. And then they eventually drafted. If I got the timeline right, drafted Tim Tebow maybe a year after that, for when when he came into the league. They didn't draft. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, they drafted. It was Tebow. in relative they, short order. They uh they had Cutler. Cutler was traded what in 2009, I think 2009 2010. Um, so the, he started with Kubiak as the OC in in Denver. Heimerdinger was there too, I believe. There was some crossover.
1: I think Heimerdinger was here already. Um, Heimerdinger coached Cutler at one point. I know for sure. Yes.
2: Um, Rick Dennison was in Denver as an OC for a long stretch there with Cutler and then Mike McCoy who became the head coach of the Chargers was the OC in Denver for the for that 2009 season 2009-2010 around there um and then Cutler ends up in in Chicago for a season I've said this in the chat with him for the life man I still can't remember who he started with as OC but he ended with Mike Martz and Mike Martz is as we know just from our chat with Kurt Warner extremely hard on quarterbacks. Is there a quarterback that Mike Marks loves? I have never heard of a quarterback that he's fallen in love with, only quarterbacks that he hates coaching.
0: So Heimerdinger was here till oh four, went to the Jets oh five, Broncos 00607, back here in oh eight.
1: He had two seasons with Cutler then. Cutler was with the Broncos for, it seems like longer, but only three years, well, 06, 07, 08. Okay. Traded, 09 was his first year with Chicago.
0: Yeah, and then, and then when he came back here, Heimerdinger, I mean, it was a bad fit with Vince, who wasn't his kind of
1: And I think Cutler was saying the year they were, he said they were second or third in the NFL in offense,
2: passing offense, would have been the Heimerdinger years.
0: Because he was with Shanahan.
2: Yep. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Kareem Hunt wants out. He wants to be traded out of Cleveland. He, uh, of course, he's not the lead back there. It's silly, though. Um, They're
0: built around that dude. He has,
2: he has a, um, a, a mini hold in, is what we would call it, what we've seen from other positions. He has this mini hold in, and then when they deny his trade request, he then practices yesterday. So he's, I mean, it lasted all of about 48 hours, this news cycle with him and his trade request, and then actually returning to practice. Um, But I think that this is an example of the two positions not created equally. You've got wide receiver where if you ask for this, the team's gonna meet your demands one way or the other, you're gonna get paid. If you're a running back right now, I, I don't know what market is out there for you currently.
0: No, and the Browns are, especially with the quarterback question, but even with, if Deshaun Watson was starting week one with no questions, the Browns are built around Chubb and Hunt Mm -hmm. as a one two combination. It's not like a natural split like first down, first and second down, and third down. They're built around churning through these two guys who collectively might be together the best running back situation in the league. They got a great line they got a great mentality, and they run the ball really well with these two guys. Why would they go give one of them away? It wouldn't make much sense. And Kareem Hunt's going to get his. Chubb gets hurt a lot, so Kareem Hunt really gets his then. But he's only got one year left. The best thing he could do for himself is have a really good season and then have somebody pick him up next year as the workhorse guy. But he's not a kid anymore either. So, I mean, he's just in a position because of the position, like you're saying, where – He's not due to make uh, great money anywhere. Uh, But he can have a good role somewhere, and he doesn't have a bad role in Cleveland.
2: No, but for a contract year, he's not the guy. And maybe he's he's trying to get traded, not extend the contract, get traded, have a contract year, and then then cash cash. in with the team. But
0: cash in is a loose term at running back because cashing in – as a guy yeah, who would right. be going maybe at third contract, yes. second contract at the very least. No,
2: third because he came from KC.
0: Right. Um, he's, he's not making a ton of money. Well, and maybe he's a contract. guy
2: that just his motivation is
1: legitimately to play more, to, to get more carries. And that, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe those guys still exist in the you NFL. Have more power to them. <laughs> just says, you know, hey, you know, I want to run the football more. I want to get more opportunities. I'm number two here. I want to be number one somewhere else. It's not about money at all. I'll I'll earn my money in the future by getting more carries. Maybe that's it. But I bet the carry split
0: was not bad last year. I'll I'll go check on them.
2: Oh, Chubb was on a roll though. And I think Han was banged up a little bit. Well,
0: and then Chubb got hurt. Chubb's been hurt, I think, two years in a row. Yeah,
2: so so look up the split, the carries there. Now I'll bring up Josh Jacobs here because Josh, so he plays in the preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, and uh, Josh McDaniel says, Hey, there's nothing to it. I want my backs to get reps in the preseason. I mean, and he treated the backs in a, a very similar uh, structure for for their workload. The top of the group, I'm saying, but there wasn't like it wasn't like he played a bunch of starters in this game. It was Josh Jacobs, and it was obvious he was the one starter taking those reps. Um, they were throwing passes to him, you know, they're out of the backfield. But it's a it's a contract year for Jacobs. So they did not pick up his fifth year option. And then over the weekend, it was floated out there, and it, it was Florio or someone at Pro Football Talk that said Josh Jacobs. Uh, is likely looking, or the Raiders are likely looking to put Josh Jacobs on the trade block. And the correlation was McDaniels and how he uses, and how he used running backs in New England doesn't necessarily jive with the way Josh Jacobs has been used in Vegas with the Raiders organization in recent years where he's the bell cow if available. It's not the same Gruden type style. And we we all remember how they would you know, mix and match different variations and combinations of backs in New England and make it work. Uh, Brandon Bolden, for instance, he's now, in, he's now in Vegas. He was in New England with McDaniels. They have um, also brought over a familiar name, um, uh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is now in Vegas. So he is a one-two punch with Josh Jacobs and Brandon Bolden. They drafted Zamir White, uh, so they have a rookie in the backfield too. So it is going to be this combination system that McDaniels has been known for, which doesn't necessarily correlate for a contract year of a bell cow running back when healthy, which is what uh, Josh Jacobs has been doing um, in the backfield uh, behind Carr. I'm not saying it's it's good or bad, the off- offensive philosophy there, um, but I think the, the article was pointing to maybe their open to the idea of trading him based on how they're going to use backs and value of what they placed on him, which was yeah. next to nothing because they didn't pick up his fifth-year it's option. It's not
0: going to be a big return. But they the also they anyway. also
2: said over the weekend there was a report um, through sources for the Las Vegas Re- Review-Journal that the Raiders are not trying to shot Josh Jacobs. So Hunt only,
0: Hunt only had 78 carries last year. Chubb had 228. So Hunt was hurt.
2: Yeah, he was banged up last and year. And I'm
0: remembering more of the year before when Chubb was hurt.
1: How about Kenyon Drake, by the way, you just mentioned? He's made a career out of being a second or third option at running back, going back to Alabama. He was never the starter, primary ball carrier at Alabama. Was drafted high as a guy who was a backup at Bama. Got carries, was really good in spot duty. And yeah, he's kind and of been that guy throughout his career. He was a trade deadline guy from Miami to Arizona. Yeah. He's now 28 years old, but I feel like he's made – a nice little carved a nice little niche out of well, being a guy who's a you know, change of
2: pace, secondary option for a team. At one time he was rumored here as part of a trade option behind behind Derrick Henry. Uh coming up, we get into our AFC East preview. We mentioned uh the, the Dolphins there with Drake. We'll preview their upcoming season. We'll also get into the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk Bills and Dolphins twenty twenty two outlook next. So now kick three sixty. race and um, if the Braves are just looking at a wild card spot now instead of actually competing with the Mets they've been pushing them but man the Mets have either answered or responded in a way that makes it look like they're going to be the division champs. We'll discuss oh, that in depth in about 15 to 20 minutes.
1: It's funny, just a preview of that. I was talking to my mother earlier today, who's also a huge Braves fan, who's very optimistic about all, all things sports when it's her teams. She said, it's no, no big deal. They've got three more with the Mets coming up soon. And my, my thought was, well, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's three I, more I, see, I see <laughs> other games against the Mets and see just that's more separation. They're fine when they're not playing each other. It's when they meet up head-to-head. That's when the separation takes place in the division. So Braves are a playoff team. They're not winning that division. But Hutton, let's continue on with some NFL talk.
2: Well, let's discuss a team that's not just a playoff team, but a Super Bowl favorite. The Buffalo Bills went 17 seasons without a playoff berth before Sean McDermott and Josh Allen arrived. And now they're entering a year that is as anticipated as any season in the 90s when they were going at a clip winning the division four straight, and going on to uh, to represent uh, the AFC in the Super Bowl, B- Buffalo last year at eleven and six, the six losses that ultimately decided the fa- the fate of Buffalo, in my opinion, because of they're on the road in the in the postseason in Kansas City, and we know how that ended. And I'll get to that in a moment. But they bring in Von Miller to an already number one scoring defense. Roger Saffold, while he's going to be banged up in a shoulder issue that was uh, a burden of his in Los Angeles with the Rams uh, that he carried with him here in Tennessee is now no doubt with him in Buffalo. But man, is he tough and really good in in run blocking, which is where they can certainly uh, use an uptick. They brought in Elam through the draft and... He replaces Levi Wallace in the secondary. Their secondary is very good with Poyer and Hyde. Uh, they have White and Johnson at corner, and now they have the rookie and Elam. They are extremely hard to beat deep. If you look at the deep passing rates and completion rates in the NFL, it is tough to get over the top of this Buffalo Bills defense. Josh Allen can play at a level that is just simply unstoppable. We know what he can do in the passing game. He has 31 rushing touchdowns over the last four seasons. And not only are they a favorite in their division, he's a favorite for the MVP. This is, to me, a, a year, guys, where there are, they're, they're out of moral victories in Buffalo. You know, you can get back to the postseason. You can win the division for two years in a row. You can go on the road and you lose in the playoffs simply in, in many an op- opinion because your guy didn't have the football. It is really Super Bowl or bust this year if you look at expectations and next step, next level growth for McDermott and Allen.
0: They have punted the least of any team in the league the last two years. So, I mean, that is great. They have dominated their division the last two years, 11 and 1. These are paths. Now, the Jets and the Bills in particular, I mean, the Jets and the Dolphins have worked like hell. To, to close the gap. Nobody thinks they're division winners. Virtually everybody thinks they're better. Does the betterness show up in, in picking off the Bills in a game or two? I, I don't think so. But it's more possible than it's been in the past. Their run game is one of their problems. Allen runs beautifully, but their running backs don't. James Cook, their draft pick. So the Bills... Run for ten. Ran last year for ten plus yards only eight point nine percent of the time, and Josh Allen probably accounted for a lot of that. James Cook in college ran for ten plus yards over sixteen percent of the time. So there's a a need that they had that should be, and not that it translates directly from right. college to the pros, but that's an addressing thing. We praised the heck out of. Uh, um, Cincinnati for going and getting offensive linemen when that was a clear need. Here's a draft pick that's a clear need. Um, So they've done a lot of things that fit the thing. One thing is they played the easiest schedule in the league last year. This is from Warren Sharp. Faced just six teams that made the playoffs, the second fewest. They only won two of those, though we know what they did in the playoffs. They won just four of ten games when they didn't win the turnover battle. So you know their recipe and now they've got the second largest increase in schedule difficulty. So just a couple things to monitor on them. It's not a skate for them. Things will get tougher for them. But talent-wise, I feel like they're loaded. The quarterback's excellent, um, and things are due to break a little bit better for them. I feel like, I feel like they're going to be as... I can't say this. Kansas City's been a giantly popular Super Bowl favorite. I think they're going to be like Kansas City was two years ago, like Kansas City was three years ago. (laughs) Virtually everybody's picking this team to go to the Super Bowl and with good reason.
1: I think James Cook was a terrific pick in the second round. It's not just the rushing ability. It's his pass-catching ability, which was phenomenal at Georgia. Gives them another option in the passing game. Devin Singletary emerged as the guy at running back late in the year. I think he could still be your primary ball carrier out of the backfield, with James Cook as a change of pace pass catching option. Gabriel Davis is on the verge of possible stardom. Terrific. In this offense, he was great in that AFC Championship game. I think that was a bit of a coming out party uh for the, on the national stage in that big of a moment up in, in Arrowhead. If he emerges that a, as that, that second that was a
0: semifinal, not a, not the AFC Championship game, right? Cincinnati. Uh, correct. That was
1: a Sorry, yeah, correct. So the divisional ch- championship game or the divisional championship game, divisional round of the playoffs. But he was terrific. If he can be that second option behind Diggs at receiver, um, Dawson Knox had a career year. Offense, I think, is great. Hutton, I'm with you. This is Super Bowl or bust. You don't bring in Von Miller. You don't do the things that they've done with acquisitions the last couple of years, unless you're thinking of it that way. I mean, we can nitpick about what's left to do. Hey, do you get enough? You know, you host the host the championship game here. Get to the Super Bowl and win it. I mean, that that's all the Bills have wanted to do since those four straight losses. They have the core right now to do it. Every year it doesn't happen. It's going to be disappointing. And that's what it should be for this Bills team with the roster they have right now. It's that good.
0: I'm not big on the underrated talk, but one guy who doesn't seem to have ascended to the proper perch for me based on what they've been doing is Sean McDermott. Uh, you know, Frank Wright gets more conversation than Sean McDermott. Yeah. Now, Mike Vrabel won a coach of the year deservingly, but Sean McDermott doesn't get talked about. And this is, is another Bill, small market. He's got all of those things working against him. But this team has been well-constructed, and you don't hear about their GM and their coach.
2: Well, uh, McDermott, I- I'm with you because he's, he wins 60% of his games, coached. He has four out of five seasons where he has a winning season. The Bills are one of three teams each of the last three years to win 10 games or more. Uh, the other two is Kansas City and Green Bay. Now, here's the big difference and what I want to circle back to. First, the, the bills are not as deep depth-wise as they were a year ago, and that's because they had to devote some money to guys like Matt Milano to keep them around and make some, make some roster decisions on their depth versus keeping certain guys. All fair and all fine. Teams do it. Um, where I think Buffalo takes another step is Kansas City and Green Bay, they're on that list, and the playoffs go through them. Now, you can go to Green Bay and win. You can go to Kansas City and win because we saw San Francisco do it last year. Cincinnati did it last year, but it is extremely hard to go on the road in the playoffs. The Bills are on the road. It's a very good team last year on the road in the divisional round, and the reason they're on the road in the divisional round is those six losses, and if you start picking at the six losses... They lost a game here on Monday Night Football.
0: Titans have had their number the last two years.
2: They had the ball first and goal. The three? It was a three or four yard line. Yeah. And Jeffrey Simmons comes plowing through on fourth down, I believe. It was yeah, fourth and goal. Allen lost the a little bit. They decided not to kick it. They went for it. He could pick up a first down without scoring a touchdown. And he didn't come close to even picking up the first down on a quarterback sneak. Simmons stuffed him and he slips. Now, you can look at that either way you want, but it's the, that Gotta game came, that came down to that play. That's the one yard that they're missing that was the difference between 12 wins or six losses. And,
0: and maybe home field throughout. That's right? home Number field throughout.
2: Team. Exactly. And, you know, you, you can't lose to a New England team in a win game where the wins, you know, to your advantage in December, it's December sixth, they lose fourteen to ten. You hold the guy
0: to three passes.
2: Yeah, you can't. You, you cannot, cannot lose, lose a game, game where the opponent throws three passes. You can't lose that game. Those are just two this examples. This is not nineteen forty-two. Two examples that forced them on the road in the postseason.
0: That's narrow enough.
2: So that, to me, is where, while roster-wise, top to bottom, I think most people are going to agree they're the best on paper. It's not just on paper because it, it, it can really come down to one or two plays. Or one situation where you've just got to be better, uh, just despite the elements where you, which you take pride in. And they get beat at their own game in many ways by Belichick in Buffalo last year. And then Monday night, week six, week five or week six here, um, you look back on it and you're like, well, there's plenty of ground to make up. There's a lot of season left. But an AFC loss on the road against a team that ended up being the number one seed sent you packing in the division, uh, excuse me, in the conference against a divisional uh, foe, against a a conference foe in Kansas City where it's tough to go to Arrowhead and win.
0: And to a team that ultimately caved in in its first
2: playoff game. Yeah. And and, and if you win, you're hosting the following week. Yeah. And the game
1: you point out is a, a key point in how it could change their fortunes in the playoffs. Last year was a huge step against New England to beat them the way they did in the playoff game and to win the division and all of that. Um, I think it would be big for Buffalo just to bury the Patriots this year. The Patriots need to be bad. There's something about sweeping them, not losing a game like they lost a year ago to them where Bill Belichick comes out at looking like the
2: old genius once again against the Bills. Well, that was the first matchup. Remember, they played twice in December, yes. and then they boat raced them in the playoffs. Yes. That's
0: the only game they and lost they in the division them. in two
1: years. Yeah, they Got beat three them going game. away in, in New England. Later in that, that season also. And then but care of them in the playoffs. Sweep them. I mean, I know that just sounds silly over the course of a season we are trying to go to the Super Bowl, but let's sweep New England this year if you're Buffalo. I think Bills fans understand what I'm saying with that. Coming up, we'll preview the
2: Dolphins next on Outkick 360. Our look around the NFL continues on Outkick 360 with the Miami Dolphins looking at the AFC East, and it's hard not to look at the additions and, and key losses and think, what could have been, what could have been Sean Payton and Tom Brady? <laughs> if you look at this. If only that advance that was made on that yacht
1: would have been received, what how different this could be.
2: Yeah, if I mean, if... Bill Belichick doesn't text Brian Flores <laughs> thinking he's texting Brian Dayball. Congratulations, hey, man. Congrats on We're likely looking at Sean Payton and Tom Brady in Miami. The Dolphins trading for both of them. New this phone. Off Who dis? So they have Mike McDaniel. First time head coach. First time play caller. Now, he has done some of this in the preseason. I don't want to say he's never called a play in a game. Um, because... Kyle Shanahan would let him do some of that um, over the years, and he's he's certainly a very good offensive mind. But we know how difficult it can be for a first-time head coach, known for in this case he's not known for calling plays, to come in and continue to do what you do as well as run and 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 keep up and keep track with all the other things that go on in the game. That's that's number one. Tyreek Hill. Pairing him with Jalen Waddell and Cedric Wilson, who does not get enough attention. He was the number three uh, wide out in Dallas last year. Uh, But, man, so many times I've told me, man, who is number one for the Cowboys? And it's Cedric Wilson making plays. He's now number
0: double one. Double one.
2: Uh, Mike Jasicki is coming off a career best year in receptions where he had around 70 catches for 800 yards. They sign Armstead at left tackle. They bring in Connor Williams at center. They have two second-round picks and a first-round pick on the offensive line to pair with those guys. It is... I can't think of a better prove-it situation for a quarterback than what Tua Tungabalua has right now in Miami, despite Mike McDaniel and, and Tua having to learn a new system. I, the, the, the playmakers around him It is a great spot to be in for any QB trying to prove that he's the franchise guy.
1: They are so deep with options, by the way, for Tua, that there's talk that I'm reading today. Preston Williams and Lynn Bowden uh, are good enough to be number two, three options somewhere else and could be trade bait for the Dolphins because they don't really have a spot right now because they're so deep. But the Dolphins love them, and they're two guys that could show out in the preseason, and they could trade them away.
0: I, I love what they've done here, except for one thing. It's all to surround a quarterback that I just don't think is going to ultimately cut it. And they had the resources, had, past tense, the resources to go and get a quarterback next year if, if, uh, if they deem to, uh, to be insufficient, which I think ultimately – is where they're going to land themselves. To lose a first rounder next year in the tampering deal really hurts them yep. in their ability to go and do that. And so I think they've really hurt themselves. I think, I think Ross really hurts them with the courtship of Brady multiple years and the courtship of Peyton out of the lanes of general acceptance. It's not hard to tamper and get away with it. But he kind of flaunted it in a way that it is hard to get away with, and they picked the wrong quarterback. I, Armando reminds us this: don't just don't don't just hit them going forward; hit them going backwards. They could have taken Justin Herbert.
2: Well, we all we all were fooled there. The yeah. season itself was called tank for Tua. Yeah, I mean that that was the tanking element where they didn't even have to tank and they still ended up with him. Right.
0: But. I mean, uh, that's one thing for us to be fooled, for draft media to be fooled for, for all of that. But their scouting department should be, and people make mistakes on it all the time. But the fact of the matter is, during all of this, and if Tua is what I expect him not to be this year, and if this lost pick hurts them in going and getting the next guy, during all of this, their fan base could be looking at Los Angeles at Justin Herbert and thinking, damn it!
1: It just feels like the only storyline is Tua. I mean, I'm looking at this team and thinking, yes, McDaniel year one head coach bringing in Tyree Kill, but because of what they've done around Tua, that's the start and the end of it. I mean, and this could be the start and the end or the end of his career, as we know it, as a starter. Be a nice backup somewhere, maybe. Yeah, but as a starter, as the guy, I mean, this could also be the launching point with this offense with McDaniel's influence, with Tyreek Hill, to him being a fixture for the Dolphins at quarterback. So, I mean, that that is that is what to watch w- with this team. I, I think that's where that's where it goes w- one way or the other. We know on Tua after this year. I think, Hutton, you said, you know, for the Bills, it's Super Bowl or bust. For Tua, it's success or bust. And that doesn't and necessarily that? mean that. That's playoffs. It's playoffs. Well, it's, well, hold on. Maybe not – It doesn't have to be playoffs. It's more of a, A this offense is explosive, and it's explosive in large part because of the quarterback. That's what you've got to be able to say at the end of the year. You can't be looking back going, man, we really had to only play with about 35% of the playbook because we got a quarterback who can't throw it past 30 yards. If we're saying that again, about that he's just throwing it laterally and not vertically, and there's throws he doesn't want to make, and there's still some issues with... Maybe he's a little delicate when it comes to injury. If any of these questions are still being asked at the end of the season,
2: then you got a problem. I
0: don't think you can have that with that left tackle and those two vertical receivers. If you're asking those questions after this, you've, you've underachieved.
2: They, I mean, they can make the playoffs, and we still end up having questions about Tua. Yeah, that seventh
0: spot is very, very fragile, yeah, right? I
2: mean, but, I mean, the seventh spot in the AFC, I don't anticipate it being like a, a team that doesn't deserve to be there.
0: The last year they, they
2: can they can deserve to be there, and we still don't know the answer to Tua because of how this team is constructed. They they are deceivingly good. I mean, we consider they they've revamped the stable of running backs. They had virtually no running game last year. They've now brought in ten guys. Uh, Chase Edmonds signed a two year deal. Raheem Mostert's on a one year contract. Sony Michelle's on a one year contract. Their defense we, we haven't even mentioned their defense yet. They, they retain the defensive coaching staff, including their play caller. Um, so they, they still have that. Um, uh, Josh Boyer is the play caller there, and he, he led a group last year. The, the, they led the league in sacks. They led the league in fumble recoveries. They led the league in defensive touchdowns. They had 14 interceptions as a club. They have one of the best secondaries in the entire league with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones at corner. Their front seven is solid and deep uh, with Jalen Phillips coming to life. Youth. Holland at safety is likely a breakout candidate at the position. I mean, they, when you start looking Chad, you're right. I mean, it's really Tua, but even if Tua is just very average, I think they're contending for a wildcard spot. If uh, it, that's with McDaniel, McDaniel and Tua can't just be average.
1: At the end right. of the it, year one yes. of them needs to be a hit. At the end of the year, Hutton, you need to be saying, Man, it's amazing how good Tua looks when he's surrounded with weapons. Well, That's which, what you need to be saying about the Dolphins or, and, and what he's doing.
0: I, I would go with Hutton here. Or you need to be saying, Boy, McDaniel is yeah. a branch off of that tree who is
2: yeah, uh, you, really you, sprouted. You can be you can still be, you know, in the gray on Tua. But that's only if you know McDaniel is a hit. And if McDaniel's average, Tua needs to lift everything and just make miraculous plays. It's, it's one of the more underrated but fascinating storylines going into the regular They're a very season. Interesting team. And they have a very difficult schedule to begin. They play the Patriots and the Bills two of the first three weeks, right out of the gate in the division. Headlines coming up, including Sky Moore in KC.